0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So if you would please turn with me to... I have the wrong notes. Where's my resurrection? I know what scriptures we're going to. Um, 1 Corinthians 15. Well, actually, I know they're here. Hang on. Turn to 1 Corinthians 15, please. Joe, I think I'm going to have to ask you to go into my office and find this one sheet of paper, and it says, New Beginnings on the top of it. I must have. And it's not there, Carla, right? Okay. First Corinthians 15. I at least know the first scripture. And the second one, 1 Corinthians 15. So here's what's on my heart. How many want to hear what's on my head or on my heart? <laughs> you want to hear what's on my head? Maybe I try to really impress you. Or do you want to hear what's on my heart? It might not be real perfect, but it's be hearty. <laughs> How many want the heart? There's some things on my heart today I'm going to share with you. And um, some, I, I think, I know this will help a lot of people because it's the Lord. Um, oh, I just found them. okay thank you lord um so let me say this i found him joe got it just thought i'd give you a little exercise there brother (laughs) joe's my bodyguard so watch out he's my personal assistant and I love you very much and he does a great job thank you I'm just kidding about the bodyguard stuff although he probably could totally take care of me if something happened <laughs> anyway first uh, Corinthians 15 here's what's on my heart for new beginnings first Corinthians 15 I felt led to share this phrase with you and show you in scripture uh, why, why I, I make this statement This came to me years ago. I mean, I think Clayton Golliher was one of the first ones that revealed this to us. A friend in Hollywood who ministers out there in Hollywood for decades now on the streets. Um, He said, a lot of people are not interested in the good news because they have no idea what the bad news is. Oblivious to what really happened when Adam and Eve messed up and what was passed on to all men and... uh, so many people, you say, I I won't, you know, have you heard the gospel? Have you, want to talk about Jesus? I don't even know, I don't even hear about Jesus. They obviously don't know the bad news. Because if you knew the bad news, you'd be very interested in the good news. And a lot of people are not interested in the good news of Jesus Christ, you know, being born again, receiving him as Savior and Lord, because they have not seen the bad news. And guess who's holding that revelation of the bad news from them? Guess who's telling people, you're okay without Jesus. You don't need to be some Christian freak. You're okay without Jesus. You don't need to go to church. You, 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 you're okay without Jesus. Check your feelings. You're okay without Jesus. Check check the weather. It's fine. You don't need no Jesus. And the enemy knows if you ever realize the bad news, you are going to be very hungry for the good news because the bad news isn't just bad news. It's awful, horrific Terrible, grotesque, something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy news. And no wonder there's blindness in part on people that don't, they, I don't need no Jesus. You just want to cry. You just want to weep and say, "What, what, what, What are you talking about? Do you know what happened to this earth realm when Adam and Eve did what they did? Do you know what was passed on to you without your doing? Do you know what happened? It's like you just want to cry. Well, here it tells us some things. In 1 Corinthians 15, let's start reading. Well, let's just go right to verse 22, and then we'll back up a couple of verses and read the context. So 1 Corinthians 15, in verse 22, For in Adam all die. So who messed this thing up? Adam did. He's not just talking about Physical death here. He's talking about separation from God here, which produced physical death. Did you know man was created to never die? Do you know death is an enemy, the Bible says. I hate death. I hate every form of death. Death, the Bible says, is an enemy. And it's the last enemy that shall be destroyed, and the saying will be brought to pass, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? All that's going to be swallowed up in life. And this scripture says, in Adam all die. So, when when somebody spiritually dies, they can't save themselves. It's beyond your power to save yourself. Good works will never save you. Being baptized in water won't save you. That happens after you're saved. Um, Being nice won't save you. Doing penance won't save you. Saying, I believe in God won't save you. And we're talking about major salvation here. We're talking about saved from a hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels that God doesn't want anybody going to. But if they don't get off the road Adam put them on, they're already on the road. That's not God sending people to hell. That's people not getting off the road Adam put them on. And since God created free will, he can't make people get saved. He gave you a free will. He gave me a free will. It's like... It's up to us whether we get to heaven or not. It's not up to God anymore. He did everything he could do, including giving us his own son. What else can he do? He gave his life. We got to respond. You got to take what he did for you. You got to humble yourself and say, I need a savior. I don't care if people think I'm weird or freaky or flaky. I'm going to live forever. I need a savior. I don't care if you're Mr. America. I don't care if you're the richest man in the world. I don't care if you're the most charismatic good-looking person on this planet, you need to humble yourself and say, I need Jesus. Because looks change. Money rots. Whether you realize or not, the Lord's really helping us right now. And you're actually going to be in a whole different state now when you breathe your last. Everything we do all of our life leads up to this very reverential... All moment. You want to be ready for that. So, in Adam, all die. Now notice this. Even, here's the two key words, in Christ shall all be made alive. So the question you have to ask is this. Am I in Christ because that's the key. And not everybody's going to be saved. Though, those that are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation because of his acceptance of Jesus, because of his belief in Jesus, because of believing that God raised him from the dead. That's how you get it. You're baptized in Christ Jesus when you believe in him and you, you confess him as Lord and believe God raised him from the dead. Something happens on your insides. You are placed in Christ. Anyone know what's really cool about that? All the suffering and pain he went through because of our sins you don't have to go through. And all the glory and resurrection and blessings that he got after that, we get. We get everything good that he got because he took everything bad that we should have took. And this scripture says, in Christ shall all be made alive. So understand, he's talking about everybody in Christ is going to live forever. So I want you to back up, if you would, to verse 12. And Paul is addressing something here because there are some things going on circulating in the day about resurrection. Yes, no, yes, no. I don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Well, I do or I don't. And Paul is saying, you guys, <laughs> you need to stop listening to some stuff because if there's no resurrection, you're miserable. Look here. In verse 12, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is also in vain. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised up not, or raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then Christ is not right. Jesus Christ is not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and you're still in your sins. That's about as hopeless as it gets. You do not want to be in your sins when you leave this earth. Why? why, why, God's going to send me to hell? We just read he's not sending anybody to hell. Adam messed this whole thing up. He's trying to get you off the road, but if you don't want to get off the road, you end up in a place he don't want you and you don't want to go. Sometimes you have to shake yourself and say, I was wrong for all my life. Jesus is Lord. So now look. Where are we at? What verse? So verse 18 then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are also perished if there's no resurrection. How sad is that? Forget heaven if there's no resurrection. Forget your loved ones being in heaven if there's no resurrection. How sad is that? Ultimate. Verse 19, Paul said, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. How I many know you don't want to sit and think too long about what it'd be like if this life was all there is? You end up needing help. How I many know you don't want to sit and think too long? This life is everything there is. This life is a, you. You go need some drugs or something if you if you think that's friend. This is not all there is. Actually, in light of the Bible, this life here on earth is the shortest thing we'll ever do. Listen closely, saved or unsaved do you realize lost people are going to exist forever as much as saved people are going to live forever? Do y'all realize? This is people people need to realize. And I, I need to just, let some people, no, no, young people or whatever, hell is not a party. I'm telling you, if you saw the outskirts of it, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. It's a terrible place prepared for the devil and his angels, the rebellious demons that followed. It's a terrible place. And it's a forever place. And we don't have to go. And I don't know about you, but me and Carla, we ain't going. Our family, we ain't going. We humbled ourselves like a little child and said, we need him. And we got him. And he got us. And many of you are the same way. So he says, Well, I don't know. No, no, yeah, I don't know. Why would there be a hell? Why would there be a hell? I just don't know. Why is there a hell? You don't have to go. <laughs> Stop barking about it. You don't have to go. Well, so if I don't live right, God's gonna send me there. He don't have to send you on a road you're already on. He don't have to send you to a place Adam already aimed you toward. You're already on the road. He's trying to get you off. The scripture says Jesus himself said hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if we don't follow the Lord, if we don't give our heart to Jesus, I should say if we don't believe in him, we stay on a road that Adam put us on inspired by the devil himself and we will not get off that road any other way except through Jesus. And aren't you glad it's not too late? I just, I don't like to think about it, but there's a time we won't be able to say that. It's not too late. Um, Did we finish that here? Let's let's go ahead and read, um, where did I stop, guys? 19, let's read 19 again. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead. I guess that would be a good place to have a party right there. <laughs> now is Christ, because if he rose from the dead, we get to. And he's become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even in Christ shall all be made alive. All right, you got that? Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. So what's the bad news? Our great, 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 great times a hundred times whatever. Grandparents sinned. And the nature everybody say nature. The nature of that sin passed to us. And I'll show you that scripture in just a minute. And some, I know some people may be thinking, what about little children? What about little children? There are some exceptions when you're a little child. Do you know what it is? It's called the age of accountability. Before the age of accountability, I don't know what that is, it's different for everybody. Eight, ten, twelve, when you really know right from wrong and you can really understand, you know, things about, you know, life and salvation. There's an age of accountability, maybe it's thirteen, I don't know. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, I was spiritually alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And therefore, you must be born again. Jesus didn't say it was an option. He said, it'd be a good idea if you're born again. You know, it might help. He said, you must be. You must be born again. There comes a time where you are uh, of the age of accountability, where something in you dies... And you must be born again. So if anybody has any concern about little children dying, they are immediately in the presence of Jesus. Right. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So don't ever have a doubt or a thought that a little child who passed away, God forbid. How many you hate death with me? <laughs> That's going to stop one of these days real soon. But they're in heaven. but after that age of accountability you don't want to push the Lord away thinking hey I got this I'm an adult I understand what's going on the fool has said in his heart there is no God the Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all those that forget God so it's not just wickedness that takes you to a place that God don't want you to go it's also just forgetting about and this is one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to get you so busy with other stuff that god's just not that important i say today we shake ourselves and make sure that's none of us here are watching online or an archive later so acts chapter four so i think we we kind of you know shared a few things about there's some bad news right (laughs) acts chapter four but here you want to hear some good news Maybe you're a little more ready to hear it now? I mean, I wish I could sit up here and tell you that just be good and you can go to heaven. That ain't happening. There are people in hell today wishing they would have been way more than good. Wishing, and we have a scriptural example of a man Jesus talked about who went to hell. And when he got there, you realize, oh my gosh, all my money, all my stuff means nothing. Go tell my brothers this is a real place that all this torment. Well, why would God allow that? He gave people a free will. He's not going to violate a free will when he gave it to you. And so, oh, I'll tell you, I I am so thankful I heard the gospel before. It would not have been good. I was real close to leaving this earth and not going to heaven decades ago. The devil shot at me huge. I am so thankful I heard some of the things I'm telling you right now before it was too late. And I'm not trying to scare anybody Tate, or anything because Jesus loves you. He cares for you. You can receive him right now. But there's some people he wants to totally set free. And a two-ton weight is going to roll off your back. If you just receive the Lord and the help that he's he's made available. So Acts chapter 4 we need to realize that there's no other way to get to heaven than jesus so acts chapter four and look at verse oh gosh how about we just verse five it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and annas the high priest and caiaphas and john and alexander and many of them with their kindred the high priest were gathered together at jerusalem And when they had set them, that's the apostles, before them in the midst, they asked them, because they just healed this man from a lifelong crippling condition, and they were all upset, which is weird, why the disciples did that. But they said, by what power and by what name have you made this man whole? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, you rulers of the people, the elders of Israel if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent impotent man by what means he's made whole be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him does this man stand here before you whole this is the stone talking about Jesus which was set at nothing of you builders which became the head of the corner neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved that's huge I mean if there was other ways I'm sure the Lord wouldn't mind take that way he just wants you free he wants you in heaven but the truth is that there's one way to have full assurance that at the end of your life everything going to be all right. That is, if you are a believer in Jesus and you've received him into your heart by just saying, Lord, come in. How many think it'd be a really good idea to get that taken care of ASAP? (laughs) Because that day's coming where we're all going to be at that place. A couple more breaths and I'm in a different realm. And you you, want to be saved because... I know we, we say this. I actually heard Keith Moore say this a long time ago. And we have a saying in our church that for the Christian, for the born-again Christian, this earth life is as bad as it gets. And I know somebody might say, well, it's not that bad, Pastor. I'm having a good time, making some money, feeling pretty good. You know, got, got a good job, got this. Yeah, and for the Christian, this earth life is as bad as it gets. For the non-believer, this earth life is as good as it gets. That's just a hard reality. I know sometimes you have to hurt to see things, to for scales to come off of you. Sometimes you have to realize, sometimes the truth, I'm going to be honest, sometimes the truth will knock you out. It will hurt realizing something that you thought it wasn't real, or you were hiding from something, or you were not wanting to deal with something. Sometimes you just got to look at the truth, and it might hurt. You you might hurt like you've never hurt in your life, but if it's truth, stick with it, because you will be free very soon. Don't push away the truth just because it hurts, guys. Some things hurt, even in your own life, you're going to have to look at. There's some things you're going to have to look at, and you're just going have to say, you know what, I, I got to quit running from that. I, I got to quit... Not looking at that, because ever since a child, you were a child, you looked and you hurt, and you've been running all your life. Saying, "I can't deal with that," and it's become a habit. It's a part of your life, and there's some things in you that aren't totally free. Listen, it doesn't matter how big the hurt. Jesus can fix it. Just acknowledge it, ask for His help, and He will fix it. You don't have to run, guys, anymore. Like you did when you were little, you can overcome it look at it and say, ouch, I think I'm gonna die. And right when you're about to die, he will lift you up. And he will give you something. He, I, I'm not against psychiatrists. I'm not against psychology. But he'll give you something in three days. They couldn't give you in 30 years. But you, it's painful, guys. It's pain. We're talking about Resurrection Sunday. Somebody died. We wouldn't even have a resurrection Sunday if somebody didn't die. Amen. And if you want a resurrection, sometimes you've got to die to some stuff. Like, I'm not going to run away from this thing anymore. or I'm not going to want that, what I've been wanting. My dream, this and that. Sometimes you've got to die to stuff. And it hurts like crazy. It's terrible. You feel like dying. But sometimes you've got to. You've got to just open up to the Lord and say, God, you can have that room in my life too. And, oh, man, it hurts sometimes to acknowledge the truth. It, it'll poke you like a sword, man, but it's like a scalpel that fixes as opposed to a sword that kills. It's tough at times to look at things. I know in my life, man, I have, whew, I've had scales come off of me in the last three days. Something about the beginning of this month, man, I have been wrung out. I have hurt big time. And I'm getting freer than I've ever been in my life. It's wonderful. (laughs) If you would, go to Ephesians 2. And I would like to ask if you have the Amplified Bible. If you have the AMPC, if not, give me a red light and that's fine. But if you have um, the AMPC, you got it. If you could go ahead and turn to Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. That means it's a little louder than the King James. (laughs) It's Amplified. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to read it out of the Amplified Bible. It's a little bit more modern uh, version of the Bible. But it does uh, stick really close to the Greek, which was... The, the, the original manuscripts was the Greek, and so the Greek words are, are seen a lot in this verse. So I want to show you Ephesians chapter 2. This is Paul the Apostle, and I'm almost done. This is Paul the Apostle talking to the church after they're already saved and Christians. But he's referring to some things about their past before they were saved, and I wanted you to see that here. And I want to emphasize the fact that good, being good can't save you. Yes, be good. Come on, yes. But it can't save you. It can't save you. I wish it could, but it can't. No, I don't wish it could. I don't wish it could. The only thing that can save you is Jesus and his shed blood. Without without the remission of... Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there's no remission of sins. So if being good could save you, why did Jesus shed his blood? And here's a newsflash. If you were the only fallen, lost person on this planet, he would have went through everything he went through just for you, because he goes after the one. He leaves the 99, he goes after the one. And the next time the devil, or a memory, or a thought, or somebody that you just gotta walk in love toward, tells you in any way, shape, or form that you're not worth very much, you remember this. God thinks you're worth the death of his son. Then there is not enough gold or silver in the universe, if there's any on Jupiter or wherever. There's not enough gold and silver in the universe to buy you. It took the precious blood of Jesus Christ to buy you out of what Satan plunged you into. Amen. So if you ever have this problem with self-worth or self-esteem, you tell that stuff to shut up. I'm not saying tell people to shut up, sir. But tell those thoughts and feelings. Some people might have to say shut up, too. but um, You just have to say shut up. Devil points to your past devil points to your mistakes. I was, <laughs> I cried when I told this to Carly. I was watching the movie a while back. And, <laughs> the movie makes me cry. Um, in this movie, this this lady and this guy were separated back in the old, you know, old days or whatever, tale days. But she tells this guy, she says, they hadn't seen each other in a while and a lot has happened since then. And they're like, you know, out in the woods. and And, she says, she's all kind of hard hearted, you know, toward him, and she says, I've done things that are unforgivable. He goes, I don't care. We've all messed up. And I was thinking, that's like the Lord. You go to the Lord with this thing, you say, God, this could never be fixed. This is so wrong. I don't and God says, Yes it can, and you're forgiven. And let's not talk about it anymore. Amen. It, listen to this. It says in the book of, it says all through the scriptures, God says your sins and your iniquities. Iniquities means perversions. He says, your sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Well, if he ain't remembering... Them, I ain't remembering. You shouldn't be remembering any of those past sins because it'll just bring you down and make you feel like you're nothing, make you feel like a worm. Uh, which, how many, you, how many of you have a past that there's a few things you wish you hadn't done? Anybody besides me? Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm not alone. <laughs> so, so you have a past that you not to. As huh, as the enemy, has thoughts ever come to you about your past, like, like remember what you did, or try to make you feel bad, try to make you feel. Like you can't believe God for anything. I mean, is any of the thoughts ever come to you that just try to point to your past? That's the enemy. Bringing up a picture. Now, and I will say this. If you're a Christian, all those sins are gone. If you're not a Christian, some of those things are coming up and, and you, need, you need to get saved. So those things don't go to your account anymore. And if you are a Christian and you've messed up since you've been a Christian, but you've asked God to forgive you for certain things, when those pictures come to you, Laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I did that. But the blood. Yeah. The blood of Jesus Christ washed it away. He don't remember it. I don't remember it. I am clean. And I refuse to be guilty about anything. Ooh. Because of what he did for me. Was it for crimes that we have done? He groaned upon that tree. Yes. The answer is yes. So, you got it, guys? Did I give you enough time? to <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And then I'm, I'm going to say a couple other things and we're going to close so ephesians 2 and verse 1 and i don't have the amplified so i'm going to read it with you guys up here so it says paul said in you christians he made alive now he wasn't talking about physically they're already physically alive he, jesus made you alive on the inside aren't you glad you're alive on the inside it says he made you alive sorry the lights are bright and we got any sunglasses And when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sins. Next, ooh, okay. Um. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. I told you it was the Amplified Bible. Look at all that. So, and this is like, what verse? (laughs) In which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world. This is before they were saved. You were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, which is not good, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving, who go against the purpose of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings, we were then by nature. Children of wrath. It's not bad works that take you to hell, and it's not good works that take you to heaven. It's a nature that takes you where you're going. You can shine up a rotten apple as much as you want. If it's rotten, it's rotten. You can get baptized 20 times in water and still not be saved. You see, you get saved, then you are baptized to show what has happened inside. But this scripture says the problem with man was not his works it wasn't his behavior it was your heart it was a nature that was passed on and guys we're kind of victims here before we're saved and then we become victors and the lord saved us he had he had, I think one scripture says you can't change your nature any more than a leopard can change its spots we needed outside help here Aren't you glad the Lord wasn't too busy to save us? <laughs> I mean, he's God. He could be doing anything, right? No, I want to save mankind. You know, what I think it's really interesting. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, where God confronts Adam and Eve about their sin and said, what's going on here, guys? You know, accountability is good. He already knew the answer, but it's still good for the people to be accountable. God said, what's going on here? Huh? What's going on here? And the woman said, well, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Adam, what's going on here? Well, the woman gave me food to eat, and I ate. How about just, I sinned! (laughs) Oh, come on! How about just, God goes, so what's going on here? I sinned! Period. Nothing else. That'll get you somewhere. That will get you somewhere. Those three words are life-saving. David said them after the prophet Nathan came to him and read his mail. And when Nathan read his mail about the adultery and the murder of the woman's husband, his own warrior, you talk about having to overcome guilt. It's always amazing to me about the story of David because after what he did, and those were the only two sins he committed, adultery and murder, of his own man who was fighting for his battle, fighting for him and his country. There's people that did a lot less than David and they were destroyed. Something must have been going on behind the scenes that caused David to not be destroyed. You know, one thing it was, read Psalm 51, if you want to know why David got out of some of the jams that you're not supposed, he was, he was supposed to... Be, he was supposed to be executed for what he did. Double over. And he didn't even have to step out of his kingly position. God made him stand. That's supernatural. That blows your mind if you're not in the Word. That, that you, but David said, when Nathan said, you're the man that messed up. He knew by revelation. And David said, I have sinned. If you put anything else after that, you start pushing away God's mercy. Don't want to push away mercy. Excuses water down the mercy of God. Just say it, I sinned. Sometimes you have to say that to people. I'm sorry, I messed up. Not comma, an explanation, period, and silence. Silence. Because as soon as you admit it, the healing can start. And now everything starts to be in the past. As opposed to someday I'll uncover that. Someday I'll tell that. Someday I'll say that. Your bones will roar. It'll hurt. And you're going to get to the point, if you're still walking with God, you're just going to be so miserable, you just have to do what you've got to do if it kills you. I suggest we just read scriptures and do our best to do what they say, right? By nature. By nature, what? Look at our beautiful screen. We were by nature children of God's wrath. Not by action. That wasn't the problem. This is why you got to be born again. This is why when we have an altar call a couple minutes, you need to come forward. Online, you need to pray. I beg of you. I don't care what you think about me right now. We need this. This is... And plus, you're going to need this too as you meet people beyond this church, guys. So learn how to minister as well. So by nature, children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. But God! So rich is he in his mercy. Mercy means you don't get the guillotine that you deserve. Cause somebody else did it for you. You ever hear the term? Somebody's got to pay. Someone did. Justice demands it. If, so, if, if Jesus didn't pay for our sins, God would not be just in judging sin. See, Jesus didn't just say, "Hey, guys." You're free. You don't have to go to jail. You don't have to go to hell. He went to hell for us so justice could be satisfied and we could be free because he took the pain. We were in Sarasota a couple times. Brother Kenneth Copeland was right there, right in front of like right where you guys are. He's like right here, looking right at us, singing this song. Can you imagine? I mean, you know, he's he's up there in years, you know. He's over 80 and um, just singing this song. Carl and I are just sitting there crying. It's like he's singing this song like he can only sing. When he was on the cross, we were on his mind. That's what gave him strength to go through that horrific death. He saw us saved at the end. Therefore, he went to the cross. They shoved the spikes in his wrists and his feet, poked the spear in his side to see that he was dead. And if you think that suffering, that is, oh my goodness, that's horrific. That's the most despised way to die most humiliating, naked, on a mountain, in front of everybody, suffocating because you can't breathe because you're trying to pull yourself up. Lou, raise your hand, Lou. Lou, Dr. Lou, I call him because this is a part of his life. He, he's been a doctor. And he did a presentation in our church. I was two years ago because COVID was a lost year. It was weird. Two years ago in our, in our church on a Wednesday night, and you showed it to me privately in another room with some others, on the horrific... Details of the crucifixion. And if you don't think the Lord went through hell for you, ask Lou to show you that presentation because it is, it was the most awful death in those days that, that Rome or anybody could give to a criminal. He died the death of the worst criminal so the death we're supposed to die is now been taken care of. So, can you, let's, let's finish reading here. Can we do that? Go ahead and jump in. God so rich in his mercy because of in order to satisfy the great, wonderful, and intense love which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life which he quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved. Delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Everybody say by grace, by grace. Through, faith. through faith. God say this, Grace, grace. is God's part. God's part. Faith. 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 faith is my part. It's my part. But God, God even gave me the faith to get saved with. To save. So I say use it. Yes. So just read a couple more things. Um He raised us up together with him, made us sit together, giving us joint seating with him, authority, in the heavenly sphere. In other words, we've been raised up in power above all these other evil powers by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor, and his kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. For we are God's workmanship own handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So what this is talking about here, guys, is these paths, that says it talks about taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Here's where some of that death comes in. You got a path you want to go down. Maybe somebody else has a path you want to go down. I know this. The devil's got a path he wants you to go down. But God preordained a path for you to go down. And not only do you and I get to go to heaven when we die and have no fear on our deathbed of death itself. Not only do we get to go to heaven when we die, this resurrection power will help you live a good life. A healthy life. A, pros- a delivered life. A free from scars of the past life. If you just believe for more power. Because it's available. You know the Bible says in Romans chapter 8? Check this out. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that if the same spirit... That raised Christ from the dead lives in you, and if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you, so this is talking about Christians. The Bible says, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will make alive your mortal body, which includes healing of every kind. Yeah. Do you know what do you know what you know what sickness is? Death begun. Well, the Spirit of God quickens your mortal body by His Spirit that dwells in you. And that's the same. If that Spirit, and He did, if the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead spiritually and physically, what's a cancer? What's mental problems? What's soul problems? Oh, come on. Hope is alive when you talk about these things. You know what the Scripture says? It says... We have been begotten again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God! That should be showing up, man. we got to walk into a business and go, (laughs) I'm serious. They go, what's wrong with you? You want to know about the hope that's in me? Jesus died, rose from the dead. I'm not going to hell. And you don't have to either. Let me lay my hands on you. And then lay hands on them and speak in tongues and believe for angels to show up. Lively hope. We've been begotten again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some of that liveliness needs to be seen once in a while. Just just walking down the road, minding your own business. Glory! And then go on to your own business. You're walking downtown. Glory to God! And just kind of go to the next door. <laughs> Say, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. Who's the sad one? <laughs> so, final scripture, and this is what we're going to close with. It's just really short, but put up there Romans 10, 9, and 10. So how do you get saved? We've seen a few things here and there. How can today be the absolute best day of your life up to now? Simple. Two verses. Actually, it's condensed in one. The Bible says, if you, thou means you, if you, say you is me. Okay. If you shall confess with your mouth, how hard is this? Oh, we got 20 weeks of this and 18 weeks of that. No, if you just say something. If you say something. If you say something. Say what? If you say and you confess with your mouth. How many of you have a mouth? (sighs) And even if you don't, the Lord would hear your thoughts. Seriously. If you should confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord something breaks in the realm of the spirit and there's no devil or lucifer himself that can stop the miracle from happening you just changed lordships when you said jesus is lord Amen. and second thing say, everybody say two things if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus or jesus is lord and if you shall believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you just might 99% chant you shall is the strongest word in the English affirmation. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you just fall on him in your heart and say I believe God raised him from the dead, you're saved. Amen. You just came out of the power and kingdom of darkness. You were just immediately translated into the kingdom of God's dear son and when you leave this earth you're going up. Yes. Amen. Because Jesus went down for you. The Bible says he went to the heart of this earth, like Jonah went to the heart of that whale. He, and it's a whale. I, I, I thought it was a big fish, but Jesus said it was a whale. So my joke still works. He, Jonah, Jonah got in a whale of trouble. So, <laughs> but but he, he went, Jesus, you know what the Bible says? Jesus went to hell for you. Because if he didn't, you'd still have to pay the price. Right, right. The price for your sin wouldn't fully be paid. Right. Jesus went to hell for you. Yeah. I might be a good teacher. Jesus went to hell for me. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, Peter quoting David in the book of Psalms, the Bible says his soul was not left in hell. Amen. Neither did God suffer His Holy One to see corruption. For God loosed the pains of death. And Jesus rose out of hell, took the keys of death and hell out of the devil's hand and spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, rose from the dead, went to heaven, and put his blood on the altar. Glory to God. Put his blood on the mercy seat. And then he came back to earth and said, hey, Mary, you know, he cast seven devils out of her. She had some problems. and she's the first one at the tomb because when you get delivered from seven devils you're the first one at the tomb don't just you know she came with spices and stuff but she didn't know he had risen from the dead she came to the tomb and she saw him she said Mary I'm alive go tell the disciples meet me in the room She said, oh, Lord, she wanted to hug him. He said, don't touch me. This was before he ascended. She said, he said, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father. But then when he ascended the father and presented his blood, he can now, because he didn't want to defile anything in the heavens before the blood was presented. But then he came back to earth, appeared to like over 500 brethren at one time at church service. How many like Jesus to appear in our church service? He's done it before. He wants to do it again. What kind of meeting do you think it would be right now if Jesus just walked through the wall? Well, after we get up off the floor, since we fell out, you know, all fell out of our chairs, it'd be an amazing meeting. And all you have to do is go like this, and we'd all be out again. (laughs) 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 Just (laughs) smile. Mark it down. We're going to have meetings like that. I was in a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, many years ago, where I was in the audience And the Spirit of God spoke to me on the inside. He talks to you too. It's just not audible all the time. Very rarely it's audible. He spoke to me and the Spirit of God said, I want to start appearing to local churches. Jesus said, I want to start appearing to local churches like I did in that scripture. Where it said he appeared to over 500 brethren at one time. That's a church meeting. I said, that's a church meeting that was worshiping God in one accord. He was able to do that. And he told me, he said, son, I want to start... I want, he said, I want you to speak this out. I'm in like thousands of people, a lot of musicians. It was a praise and worship seminar. And he told me, he said, speak this out, speak this out. And I'm thinking all these words. Okay, I'm kind of nervous because I haven't done this a whole lot. I'm pretty, still kind of a new Christian. and, And these words, I knew it was prophecy. God wanted me to prophesy, speak under the inspiration of God. Not just something from here, something from God, from your belly. And I mean, these words came to me. He said, I want to start appearing to local churches in the last days. And I will. Those who roll out the carpet of true worship and praise, those who are in one accord, I'm going to start walking through the wall and I'm going to have messages for the end time church and I'm going to say things that's going to cause young people to be on fire for God from that meeting forward for the rest of their lives. There's going to be flames of fire. There's going to be power of God. People are going to get saved. People are going to get healed. Nobody's going to pray for them. And I didn't give it out. I was too scared. But right after I didn't give it out, Roy Hicks gave it out. The guy who was speaking said the exact same thing. Jesus is going to start appearing to local churches. I'm going, oh, God. And I guess if you don't, if, you, if I'm not obedient, somebody else will be. And he gave out the same prophecy. And he's a great man of God. He said the Lord's going to start appearing to local churches. It's happening. You mark my word. Did you, know, did you know, young people, did you know that the Bible talks about a man named Philip who was baptizing an Ethiopian eunuch in water? And they were on the road, you know, the guy got saved, so he was baptizing. Did you know that that man, Philip, just like you, he was coming up out of the water, he disappeared. He was found 20 miles away. It's called a translation. It's a taste of the powers of the world to come. It's amazing. And God said those things are going to start happening in the end time church. So don't be surprised if the devil works overtime to tempt you to not want these things. Don't be surprised if the devil in your flesh works overtime to pull you away from what you're hearing right now. Because as soon as you leave this building, doubt's going to come back. Demons are going to come back. Try to tempt you and whisper to you and follow you around. Stay strong, guys. Make a commitment beyond feelings to keep going on with the Lord. Young people, there's a call of God on your life. You're the end time young people church. You're the ones God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Upon my servants and my handmaidens, God will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And it's happening. And it can't not happen. Right, Rich? We like that. It can't not happen. It can't not happen. It can't not happen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.